You're welcome for the intro. <laughs> How does one formulate an intro? You don't. You don't. Um, hello everybody and welcome to our first ever experimental podcast. You know that thing that everybody does now? Yeah, we're doing it too. How hilarious and original. Alright, so basically to uh, lay down some information, we are starting out a what a tentative title I have for it is called the Film Comparison Podcast. And what this series is going to do is we're going to just dive into all the uh, films that were based off books. And just prior to recording an episode, we would uh, read the book, watch the movie, and then sit down and record an episode of us like discussing what we like and dislike about it, what the comparisons are, what the contrasts are, how things differ from book to film and whatnot, and we discuss all those things. And like the history behind them and whatnot. So yeah, that's that. And today's topic is the super spooky, sh- the Shining. Yeah, the movie that everybody says is so great. It's but not it's actual complete shit. So yeah, we uh, read through the book. Uh, my good old co-host. Oh yeah, I need to introduce my co-host. This is Josh. They call me Spoop Dog because I'm super spoopy. <laughs> and my name is Cortland. Uh, but yeah, we read through the book. We watched the movie. Now we hear. But yeah, he has read it already, like more than once. So he's more familiar with it than I am. I just first read the book like literally a month ago. <laughs> or started reading a month ago and finished it a few days ago, I should say. And watched the movie for the first time the other day. And uh, we have some thoughts about it. <laughs> you don't normally like scary movies, do you? I do not. And that's a first. I, I didn't think you would even watch this movie or read it. Yeah, it's like it got me really excited when we first had this idea brewed up. I'm like, I'm actually gonna watch this. Hell yeah! And I never hesitated either. Like I'm usually like a big procrastinator. It's like I'm never. I'm gonna like put this off forever and ever and ever and end up not doing it. But I actually did it. So props to me for watching yeah. horror movies. Proud Yay. of you. Okay, this is going great. So, where do we want to begin, Joshua? The intro? We already, well, did, we already did that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just being a smartass. I hate you. <laughs> um, well, okay, so I guess first things first, okay. <laughs> What's the one thing everybody's familiar with is the movie. The movie is Stanley Kubrick's brilliant masterpiece, The Shining. That came out what what year? Was it 81? Uh, 81? 1980. I actually looked this up the other day. 1980. So everybody says it's a long time ago. It's not really. Yeah. But... <laughs> it actually looks very dated. It very much looks like an 80s movie, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, techn- technology is definitely advanced for further mm. than... Like, also, side note, I don't know if it was my Blu-ray or the TV that we had. Like, we have we watched it on a 4K TV, so I don't know if it was that necessarily. But the sound quality on that movie was god-awful. I don't know if that was for you as well. I don't know how you watch it. 
But I didn't, I didn't really, I haven't really graded sound quality because that that differs with every setup that you have. Yeah, I just wanted to nitpick that because that was just my experience. It could uh, have been something on our end, but whatever. Yeah, that that could easily be something. Or it could have been like the actual movie audio wasn't very well translated to the digital era. But one of the one of those things had a factor in it, or many, regardless. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, the movie. Oh, the movie. <laughs> I want to... Well, I'm a very symbolic person. I think Kubrick did a very good job at, at providing symbolism with the movie. However, that does not take away... Or that does not make it a good movie. For sure. Pretentious directing does not make a good movie. And he... Yeah, it was shot very beautifully. He had good cinematography in there. Mm-hmm. He had the rolling shots following Danny through the hallways. Yeah. It was amazing. It was it was like the uh, opening shot, the very beginning of the movie, where he's, uh, the Volkswagen Beetle or whatever it was mm-hmm. just goes up the mountain to the overlook. Beautiful shot. <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah. And <laughs> along with along with, I actually looked it up. There was the the beginning music, the theme music for it, the da 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 da. Yeah, see, that my sound quality could barely hear that. Really? Yeah, I didn't really realize there was actually sound in the background during uh, that, unfortunately. But yeah, yeah, that theme music, that theme music. I looked it up. That is, um, it's a very dated musical line melody yeah mm-hmm. it's a very dated musical melody came out sometime in the middle ages somebody wrote it down it's i can't remember what they called it but it's got a name though it's the music the melody line for that theme or that for the theme of the movie it's about death it's about death so them playing yeah. that at the very beginning of the movie was symbolic it was foreshadowing the death that's going to happen the morbidity of the movie yeah the well, story in this case deaths for the movie's story anyway <laughs> yeah it was garbage <laughs> we'll get there we'll get there <laughs> mm-hmm. but yeah that so that... yeah go ahead sorry i don't know you're fine i i don't really have a thought yet so you well <laughs> well the Shining, it, he did. He did a very good job directing it. Very good job at doing the the cinematography, the rolling shots, the everything was per, was done very well. Mm-hmm. But like I said, if you don't have that coherent story that people are going to understand, then yeah. it's just going to leave. It's going to leave everybody confused. The story because they don't understand it. It's very convoluted and. Mm-hmm. Dense. They feel like they have to pick it apart. Yeah. And that's why, I guess that's why this movie has gotten so popular. They associated the name with the the movie with Stephen King because obviously it is a story. There's, if you read the book, there's so much to the story. And when you go and sit down for the movie, like right after the opening shot, things just go like that. And you have no clue what the fuck's going on <laughs> half the time. And you just go from one scene to the next, and nothing makes sense. 
Unless you've actually read the book. <laughs> it really does. You, you got a very good point. <laughs> it's like The Rise of Sky. Okay, this is not that podcast. <laughs> we'll cover that one later. We'll cover that one later. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, yeah. It does. Yeah. Anyways. But yeah, like, the next shot is immediately just him going to the Overlook for the job interview and, like, the layout of what his job entails. And then from there, you immediately cut back. Like, everything that happens in between the moment when he leaves and comes back is just all gone. No- nothing happens. <laughs> you don't get any context from that. It's just immediately jumps to a scene that should have been later in the movie, but actually is, Which like, one? the doctor scene. That's, like, the one right after. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, no. First, they cut to, like, they introduce Danny and Wendy, the rest of the family, and then... That's kind of how it happened in the book, too. Yeah, but but the doctor part wasn't even remotely at the beginning of the story. Like, Danny had a a Shining episode, and then they called the doctor, and that was, like, right then and there. Like, already off track. (laughs) Yeah. No build-up for that. Because, like, in the, in the actual book, you you have a slow build-up with Danny's uh, condition because it actually gets worse and worse as the story goes on. So, eventually, Jack and Wendy break down and go see the doctor in a, what's it called, the town next to the, over near the Overlook Sidewinder? Sidewinder, yes. Yeah, they go to the Sidewinder, I guess, psychiatrist? I mm-hmm. forgot. But, uh, and then they go check on Danny's condition but until then it's just like (laughs) in the movie yeah in the movie they just they rushed everything they left if if you didn't read the book you see all that you see or get from this movie is couple with a kid go to with their son not just a kid. They go with their son to a hotel to stay through the winter to watch the, over the hotel. Yeah. And mainly the, the boiler. Yeah. Well, well, the boiler isn't even a thing. Oh, in the, in the oh movie. God, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's a, like one of the biggest plot points in the whole movie. <laughs> yes, and it's, or the, it's whole the whole book. point. Yes. That's. <laughs> mm, but and then this just glossed over. Doesn't ever explode. Doesn't spoilers, by the way. <laughs> We're not even we're not even there to the book versus movie part. Hey, go f- screw yourself. Boy, <laughs> maybe I will. Oh God. Okay. <laughs> Cut that. P- PG podcast. PG podcast. Oh, we're doing PG. No, we're not. Okay, good. <laughs> we're not cutting any of that out. <laughs> um, we're doing this live. None of this is getting cut, by the way. Oh God, raw cut podcast. That's uncut the new name. podcast. Un- that should be the new name of the podcast. The, the uncut podcast. I'm sure it's already a name. <laughs> anyway, there's so many podcasts out there, ladies and gentlemen. About, watch that one be about gay porn or something. Dear Lord. Um, anyway, <laughs> so the Shining movie. Well, yeah, like I was saying, if you just watch the movie as a moviegoer, you j- haven't seen the movie, haven't read the book. All that you mm-hmm. get is a family goes to watch over a hotel in Denver, Colorado, and the husband goes crazy with cabin fever trying to kill the family. Yeah. And the the hotel is haunted. That's mm-hmm. all that you get. That's all you get. You don't... 
get any kind of backstory. You'd have no understanding of why he goes crazy. Or it's why just, the hotel is the way it is. Yeah, it's just, it happens. Well, I will say, you do get a small portion of the backstory. All you it's, really get is one of the many stories that the Overlook has. Like, you get the uh, Grady, the ho- former housekeeper, and his two children, and his wife. He, it, he goes insane, just like Jack will eventually go insane. And murders his children and his wife, then murders himself mm-hmm. right after. With a shotgun. With the shotgun. Yep. He and it's <clears throat> it's mentioned in passing at the very beginning of the yeah, movie that yeah. that it's um, completely like glossed over pretty much. Yeah, it's mentioned in passing. It well well no, not not with the Grady thing. They they mention it in a conversation, but okay, yeah, that's they're they're it's Jack's alcohol problem. It's barely oh, mentioned. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, when, it's whenever he's getting interviewed for the job. He gets questioned one time, uh-huh. and that's it. He, he was asked if he wanted a drink, and he <laughs> said he's been dry. That's it. Yeah. There's... <laughs> so much going on with this movie. Yes. But, uh... And, and and to think that that Kubrick had the audacity to call Stephen King a shit writer, or to say that his writing was weak whenever he can't even so do his own movie right. To bounce okay. off of that side note, I've only read two Stephen King books in my life so far. Uh, the Gunslinger, the first one. That's the first one I read, which I found all right. It was a little confusing, which admittedly I think. The whole Dark Tower series is probably like one of the most convoluted things he's ever done. I haven't read those. <laughs> I've seen the movie, but I, I but didn't like, even think it was a good I, movie, really. I'm, I'm just basing this thought off of what my dad's told me at some point or another. Like, because he is a big Dark Tower fan. That's how I got my name, Cortland, uh, short for Court, who was the uh, gunslinger's mentor in throughout the series. Or like he's mentioned throughout the series, like he's been long been dead at the, when his story begins. But side note, I read that and The Shining, and the point was, I will say Stephen King is actually a really great author. <laughs> Freaking phenomenal! So he's great. I don't see why Kubrick had to uh, do the things he did. <laughs> and, and that's not me, that's not to say that he's a shit director. It's just he's a shit person. I wouldn't know. But he's, I'm, not he's really, very pretentious. I'm not really familiar with him. Kubrick was very pretentious. He had he during the movie. Fun fact, by the way, he had the actors go through their roles multiple times. He had to film each scene like twenty or thirty times. Oh dear! You know, actually, I think I read something about that. Think about it. Yeah, that that must really suck. <laughs> and that's because he was. People justify it. They're like, "Oh, he was he was just a perfectionist. He he loved the art. He made me a little he, too perfectiony." Yeah, I mean, yeah. He there there's a difference between loving the the art and doing it, you know. But yep. and just being pretentious about it. Mm. If he did the things he did while actually. <laughs> Sticking with the source material, this would have been one of the greatest movies of all time, it, instead of just an okay movie of all time. Yeah, that's very fair. All right, so now that we've kind of 
scratch the surface a little. Let's kind of dive a little deeper into the movie. So, what do we think about good old Halloran? Halloran is great. Let's oh, start great with character. him. Fantastic character. He was also... Oh well. Oh yeah. I forgot we're still in the movie. Yeah, no, no. We'll, we'll yeah. get to the we'll get to the good side after we get through the crap fest. <laughs> oh boy. So about, well, let's talk about Dick. Dick <laughs> Halloran. <laughs> good old Dick. Yeah. So, um, if you haven't read the book, quick background. Um, th- this also might just be my opinion. But I feel like he's probably the glue that kind of makes the story work throughout throughout the book. He is. He is really cause I, I just I was re-listening to the audiobook. I've read the mm. book one time physically, then I just listened to the audiobook after that. But yeah, like I but. think he's like the glue that fits everything together, makes things work really well, and. You know what they do in the movie. So what they do is give him like less, like maybe I'd say two minutes of screen time out of however long that damn movie is. I'm going to look I'd, that I'd up say, really I'd quick. I'd say about five minutes. I'd say about five, maybe ten minutes. Hold up. How long is this movie? <laughs> you can... <laughs> probably about five or ten minutes of screen time. I'd say probably about ten and they make him sound so incredibly rapey. <laughs> the first thing, yeah, that's the first thing. That might thing. be a, that might be a little bit of an over overstep because, I mean, he it, he I mean, was even c- in the book. They even in the book, Stephen yeah, King did. It, it, uh, it, it was just a he, he was a little to, weird. I mean, inviting a five year year old into your car to talk to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, yeah, after that, you just met him. That particular scene was a little weird. Yeah. But yeah, uh, fun facts, the runtime is 2 hours and 26 minutes. So let that sink in here. Two the 26. glue to the story, about 5 minutes of screen time. <laughs> How does that work? <laughs> How does this work? <laughs> it doesn't. So basically, the only thing you get to see of him is... He gets, like, once Jack and his family move, get into the hotel, they get moved in, get their apartment and whatnot, they go down to the kitchen, and they meet Halloran, because uh, Halloran is the uh, hotel's chef. And, like, on a, his, his side job, whenever he's not at the hotel, he's also a chef down in uh, Florida, where he also lives. Where, actually, he actually lives. But, yeah. That's a little quick little background of him. But yeah, you get introduced to him in the kitchen, then he quickly gets to know uh, Wendy and Danny, talks to them for a little bit, shows him around. Very. Br- this scene is very brief, by the way. <laughs> uh, he asks, like, a couple of questions, and then before the scene's over, he's just like, yeah, uh, do you want some... What does he say? Hold up. How would you like some ice cream, Doc? No, like before that. Like, does he say Doc before, like physically? Yeah, before? he does. He does. He he I'm, calls I'm Danny to, Doc before the whole ice cream thing. Cause that's how yeah. that's how he um, mm-hmm. in the movie he probed both um, Wendy and Danny, and he probed Wendy <laughs> first, and that's how 
Sounds a little rapey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like mental probing, I guess. <laughs> he mentally stuck his dick in her head. I kid, I kid. Yes. <laughs> all right, he, all right. <laughs> yeah, he just kind of, he read her mind pretty much. He read her mind. Yeah. And um, that's how he figured out that they call Danny Doc. Mm-hmm. And then he goes and calls Danny Duck, and then they don't really show Wendy having a reaction, but she does eventually have a reaction about that. But then, like, he goes into Danny's mind, and he's like, you want some ice cream, Danny? Yeah, it's just so creepy. It's so creepy. Did that... I know we're not on the movie versus the book, but did that happen in the book? I can't remember if it did or not. I don't think it did. It didn't. No. So what... I mean, I think this conversation is just going to mesh regardless of how we do it. But... It'll be more in-depth later, book versus the movie. Yeah. um, But in the book, she starts out by asking quietly to Danny, like, through his mind connection with the shine and whatnot, uh, do you want to go to Florida with me? Because... Uh, Halloran kind of senses the danger they're all about to be in with the Shining and whatnot, and he senses that Danny's in a lot of trouble. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, maybe I can convince this kid to go to Florida with me to get him out of all this crap. Yeah. S- see if th- see if that works. And he asked him like three or four times throughout like that whole entire conversation, which was way longer than it was in the movie. That's like the shortest conversation mm-hmm. they've had. But yeah, so basically, you get no true background of what he is or what's about to happen, or like the whole setup between like the their friendship that blooms over time and whatnot through The Shining. And then the next time you see him, I think in the movie is when uh he calls the what is it? I guess what are they called? The Park Rangers. Is that the next time you see him? No, no, no. Halloran? No, no, no. No, no. There's a scene before where he's in his bed and he has the Shining episode. Yeah, and that's not... Yeah, he has the Shining episode. That's whenever... What was the context of that scene? He um, he was seeing what Danny... D- Danny oh, was contacting yeah. him through. The oh, thing. no, no, no. Da- yeah. God, the movie is so shitty, story-wise. <laughs> this is what I'm talking about. They, it's so convoluted. The movie is just convoluted garbage compared to the book. God. Yeah, this is very true. But yeah, there's that one scene where he's literally just laying on his bed having a fucking stroke. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. His eyes are just like... Widening and <laughs> Bloodshot red or whatever. I believe is how his eye color was. And then, like, the next scene was him, because, I guess, because of that, the, the next scene he's in, I don't know how much time later has passed in the movie, runtime-wise, but he calls, like, the park rangers near the Overlook, because, like, that's a whole, like, park area slash thing that they have. Like, they have, I think there's, like, some sort of ski resort that they have mm-hmm. somewhere close by. That they have to take care of too, because they they mentioned something about skiing. In the book or movie? The movie, at least. 
They, I think they mentioned it in passing. But yeah, besides the I can't point, remember that. Uh, there was that one brief little scene where he was worried, so he called them and he made them try to contact the hotel to make sure everything's okay. Mm-hmm. And then the next thing you know, he's uh, actually trying to go there. He's on the plane, very brief. The mm-hmm. plane scene in itself was way longer also in the book. That was actually a thing. And they actually had the uh, the gr- other girl with the shining with the book on the plane too in that scene but nothing happened with that yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> I was kind of hoping there was some sort of interaction there and then he goes to the hotel and then he dies that's the end of him like nothing there's nothing there <laughs> yeah he, he was a pointless character just to introduce the shining yeah that's literally it was a shining device <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's 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 the this podcast versions of the plot device. That's 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 trademark right now. That's gonna happen every episode. The shining device. Let's the go. shining device. Let's go. <laughs> Alright. But yeah, there's that. And it's it's a good movie to watch, but it's not a good movie if you know the actual story. Yeah, yeah. And we're probably gonna say this at least twenty more times throughout filming this yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh but there i i just wanted to get that out of the way because that was like my biggest gripe because he was my personal favorite in the book and like i think he really is like what makes the story work he, but <laughs> he was one of the he had he had he had personality he absolutely he had, had personality. personality in the yeah. story he, and he, he didn't just say things. He didn't just mindly drone on things. No. Mindlessly drone on things. Jack. Let's okay. 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 Let's let's lead up to Jack. Actually, yeah, yeah. He, Jack, he's the the he he's the uh, cherry on top here. Yeah, the protagonist antagonist. Let's see. Thing. Um. Who do you want to discuss? Let's actually. What Wendy and Danny? Let's talk about those two. Yeah. They're, they're a pair, right? Yeah. <laughs> they're in the movie. <laughs> they're in the movie. <laughs> so. So, uh, Danny. Let's talk about him. Danny, Danny, Danny. Danny boy. You care for Danny, don't you? Danny is like what you would probably call the story's main protagonist, right? Yeah. Well, let me tell you. What if... Danny was so important that he was almost just important as what Halloran had in terms of importance in the movie as well. <laughs> he he sees things, but it's not explained. It's not fleshed mm-hmm. out. Like but you, they, you, sorry, sorry. No, no, they they introduce good. they introduce Danny. Danny, uh, how was he introduced? It was to the doctor, right? No, no, no. There was a brief scene beforehand, like before Jack got home, where it was just like Wendy and Danny were sitting at the kitchen table discussing Tony or whatever, and that was it. (laughs) That that was pretty much the scene. (laughs) To be fair, well... No, we'll get in the book versus movie part later. I keep trying to get... I keep trying to rush this thing. This is our first time, guys. Be gentle. <laughs> Be gentle, guys. Be gentle on those reviews. All right. Um, Danny, he's introduced the Tony thing. It's 
this little what is boy that lives in the back of his throat yeah back of his mouth um and when he's not in his throat he's in his stomach according to danny yeah which is an outright fucking lie yeah um (laughs) but yeah so like they briefly touch over who tony is to danny barely if at all um and then it goes to the uh, doctor scene and the doctor is just trying to explain to danny as as you would a five-year-old like trying to calmly explain him like this is probably just like a child childhood episode or maybe an epileptic seizure maybe yeah and then they briefly go to the the living room leave danny there and they wendy and the doctor talk about her husband's alcohol issue oh yeah yeah wendy just flats out explains like literally the entire story about uh how jack broke danny's arm oh has he been does he still drink oh no he's been dry for about a month it was like seven months or so actually i think in in the book in the books it had been like a year no they, they actually said that in the the movie i thought like, it, it was about seven months or so yeah i thought they i thought she said it was like a month no no no, no. perks okay. of watching it recently yeah i didn't but also really not get to perks watch it because i recently. barely like remember anything as well because that was kind of rough to sit through <coughs> i didn't get to watch first, it recently first feeling i watched it about a month ago <laughs> and i've been re-listening to the audiobook yeah that's fair but yeah like there's a whole spiel about Jack like at that like they was just trying to explain like what might have caused Danny's episodes or whatever he's having or what they think is happening and then let's see what comes next they go to the overlook that's literally like the next thing that happens yeah they're going to the <laughs> overlook and, and Jack already has a a bee in his panties Okay. Because they, <laughs> if you read the if you read the story, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> he he already has a, a bee in his bonnet, pretty much. He he's mad about something. He's already got to be pissed at at Wendy over <laughs> nothing. It's on that. It's always on that damn TV. He watches. Yeah. <laughs> See, it's okay. He watches TV. Yeah, see, I I just I was just said to the screen, also to the people I was watching it with that night, that for my first viewing of it, it's just like that's not how that works. No, that's, that's not how parenting works. And <laughs> the, the conversations, the conversations in the in this movie, it's like they they have no humanity in them. They are soulless. There there's no feeling behind them. It's like I want to feel. I, I do. I feel bad for Wendy because it seems like she's trying, but it, it's still it still sounds like a robot <laughs> wrote this script. Oh yeah, no. Uh, despite the fact that Jack Nicholson is like probably one of the greats in that era, uh, he like has almost nothing going for him. <laughs> Other than that, he can be an angry person really well. Yeah. No. Uh, his his psycho phase is really brilliant. I loved it. <laughs> yeah, I, I loved I loved seeing Jack be angry in this movie. It's just but 
Yeah, it's his dialogue. Dear fucking lord. All right, but back to Wendy and Jack. <laughs> yeah, Wendy, Wendy and Jack in the car scene. They were <laughs> that, that was even, even whenever. Yeah, even whenever she's bringing him sandwiches. Oh, maybe we can go out on a walk later. Maybe we can. Maybe I can bring you some breakfast. <laughs> it's it's just soulless. Maybe, There's no emotion behind it. It's may, just maybe we can just talk later. Yeah, <laughs> when you're <It's>, not working. <laughs> anybody, anybody else, literally anybody else in those situations would not have said that. They no. would have said these things. It just, that's why I'm saying it just doesn't it, sound natural. So, like, when you watch the movie and see Wendy's character, she is nothing like that. Her character actually has a lot more to do and a lot more depth, depth to it in the book. Yeah. <laughs> like... You feel... You, you actually feel yeah, for this character. You actually understand what she's going through and what she, she thinks about every situation. And also, she has more interaction with Danny. She's mm-hmm. actually... I think... Uh, she's the only person who interacts with him the most throughout the story, if I recall correctly, in the book yeah. anyway. Yeah, it's, so it's she, kind of this kind of the same way in in the yeah. movie. Which it's is, just kind of it, it's. I, I guess the time is just yeah sped up way much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that's why I wanted to t- discuss with them together because they're they're kind of like always together throughout the the story and they build off each other and things escalate. As it goes God along, Lord, things escalate fast in that movie. Cheer, just cheer, cheer, freaking, but Jesus, that's not how I wanted to say that, but <laughs> that's how it's said. Okay. Wendy is a soulless, emotionless, no, like character I don't, I don't in this think, movie. I don't think she's even a mother in this movie. That's how bad it was. Yeah, it, <laughs> yeah. She she didn't even come across as being motherly. I didn't think about that. Like there really, was there was a few scenes it. later on in the film where um they're they've been to they've been at the hotel for a while. They their the snow is settling in. They're starting to get that the slow build up to the storm, and they're just like running around outside and playing. They do that every every now and again. There's like three or four scenes with that, but other than that, there's like no bond between you don't feel like like they're being mother and son it feels like they're putting yeah. on a show that they're mother and son mother and son mother and son <laughs> the fuck out of this <laughs> okay but yeah like no the point the point is like there that's not how things go down at all like there's actually a really big bond between them although i will admit uh in the book Danny does lean towards Jack more. He prefers very him. Very much, and she's very jealous of that. Absolutely. Which, not even that was shown off. Yeah. <laughs> that whole plot line. In this movie, <laughs> in this movie, it, it seems like the only point to these characters were Jack is an angry son of a bitch. And he needs something to kill. <laughs> yeah, he needs something to kill. That's literally all they're good for. <laughs> Wendy is there to just be fearful. Yeah. And and she does not do a good job at that. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what... I, I have no idea what Kubrick was going for whenever he was telling her to act this way. Yeah. Like, just, 
it, it's like that whitest kids you know skit where they're telling <laughs> where they're telling these where the director is telling the actors to be happier with their mouth open more. It's, oh, my oh my god. god. Oh my god, is her mouth wide open. <laughs> Except she's being fearful. More yeah. feel fearful um, with her mouth open. But let's see. Going to Danny for a second, like literally like he he should be like the central thing in all of this. Like everything revolves around him. Like I say Halloran's yes. the glue. But the story revolves around Danny and his mm-hmm. abilities. That's the whole point of The Shining. The title of the movie yes. is about this power of The Shining and what it does to people and how it's being used or how people use it. Yeah. <laughs> and what The Shining does with the Overlook and how it affects objects around. Like, in this case, the Overlook, of course. Because, like, it doesn't affect people. It also affects places events past events future events stuff like that goes into all that but yeah uh danny is the central point and so literally throughout the movie the only thing you get to actually see is him having like maybe three episodes quote-unquote episodes of the shining yeah and and they mean literally nothing to the story like it's just nothing he saw a hallway full of dead bodies. It's he the, the saw Grady girls. The Grady girls, yeah. He saw, um, which I don't even think you actually see physically on screen in the movie, but I think he does. It does kind of make him see the uh, events that are about to happen, like Jack going insane and killing every, trying to kill everybody. I could be wrong. I'm not quite sure, but yeah, I don't like. There's so many, like, he has so many quote-unquote episodes of The Shining, Mm. as I like to say now, apparently, (laughs) (laughs) and in the book, and comparatively, all you get is a bunch of gibberish that doesn't make any sense to you, It's and nothing gets explained, and you can't can't get anything out of it. Also, there's people in the background, please don't run, those are just my roommates. (laughs) Trying to record Ooh, this. Fuck yeah. Uh, what he said. That's uh, what they said. That's what they said. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. Danny has like three or four episodes that don't mean crap. And then also, the way he has them too really irritated me. Yes. Like, it's just whenever... silent, pretentious filmmaking right so there. So I apologize for not explaining this earlier if people don't know. We haven't explained a lot of things actually. We're just kind of rambling on. We just assume you know these things. <laughs> yeah. Um, to be fair, yeah. But Danny, like, his, his imaginary friend Tony that he has with him the way Tony works is like he's just showing him these bad things that Danny calls them. Yeah. And he doesn't like he doesn't actually like what in the movie does make him take over Danny and like he's just this mindless thing that has his finger yeah, up to his head and he's just like pisses me off cuz it it, it oh. <laughs> he Danny isn't here right now, Mrs. Torrance. The fuck is that shit? (laughs) (laughs) Where did Kubrick come up with this idea? It's garbage. That's not how Tony works. It's... 
Tony is not a, ki- a kid that lives in the back of his throat and goes in the stomach. That's a fucking lie. Tony is not something like from Among Us takes over your body and just becomes you. <laughs> yeah, it's not the thing. It's not John Carpenter's the thing. Hashtag not sponsored by Among Us. Please sponsor us. <laughs> Hello, Among Us. I don't even know who makes Among Us. I don't know the company's name. But regardless, actually, I... Damn it, sidetracked. But fun facts. I'm going to put this in here anyway. Fun facts. I watched a video from uh, Game Theory earlier today about Among Us compared to The Thing. So really? They're actually very similar <laughs> story-wise. Because there's apparently really actually does. a story yeah, from I, I Among Us. Yeah, I can see it. I can see that. But side, side note, that's because you brought up The Thing. But anyway, back on track. Uh, well... But yeah, the whole the whole thing with Tony and Danny, we're just literally telling you how much this movie is not good. Uh, that whole shtick there... is not not fun to watch at all. No. Doesn't give you any substance. It's just story wise. It is just kid sees hallucinations <laughs> that looks like visions of the future. Uh, Halloran says that he can talk to people without opening their mouths. Um, Jack is pissed off for no fucking reason and decides to kill his family. Wendy is just a mindless, mindless, fear, fearful character. That is like a whiny little bitch, essentially. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Like, going back to Wendy for a second, I want to talk about the scene in particular. The, the one where... Uh, so what there Jack's just sitting in his quote unquote office. In the book he actually typewrites in the apartment, but he's just out like in the hallway or the lobby area, wherever he was, and starts clacking away at his little typewriter and Wendy's just showing up with the bat of all things. Yeah. <laughs> like She's this like... is towards like towards the end of the movie where Wendy's like, Okay, my thought process is I'm going to pr- kill Jack, so that nothing bad happens, or nothing escalates further. I'm yeah, just she, gonna get rid of gonna, the problem before it starts. Yeah, she was th- gonna threaten him <laughs> so that way to or yeah. to protect herself in case Jack got crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it and like she well, should, only did. Yeah, she shows up with the bat, and immediately he's just like, "Oh no, okay, that's what it was. Wasn't he in the floor in that scene to begin with?" Oh, which one are you talking about? Is it the one at night where she walks up and... No, and I don't know if it's necessarily at night. Like you don't walk. No, no, no. It's the one where he had the nightmare. He was Oh, the, that's... The, the, okay, yeah. That's is the that part. the same scene? No, it's a different scene. There's, okay, there's okay, three yes. scenes where that happens. Never it's, mind, never mind. Okay, the first scene was, was whenever uh, Wendy walks up and she's talking about bringing him sandwiches going on a walk with him the next day yeah, and the whole and conversation he just sounds pissed, robotic he can he gets really pissy about it for no damn reason really even a s- slightly insane person wouldn't even be like that yeah it's and this is this is what i'm talking about if you knew the context of the story you would understand why he would have been mad or yeah, upset, there, but you don't. There's literally no reason for him to be that upset over whatever. Yeah, and but calls her a bitch and everything. And then the second scene, like he has this nightmare, like mm-hmm. Wendy's like, yeah, this was this was the scene right after they 
show Danny going up to room 217, aka in this movie, 237, which the reasoning behind that one is not as bad in the context. Why did they change it? So, fun facts. I learned from my roommate, good old roommate, uh, that apparently the actual hotel they filmed at, they were afraid no one would go to their hotel if um, they actually used their room 217. Mm-hmm. So they used a different room, 237, because that actually didn't exist in that hotel at that time. Ah. So they're like, we want to film here, but the hotel management are just like, hey, don't use that room number because we don't, we're, we're fearing nobody would come to this hotel anymore because spooks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's backstory on that. Uh, but yeah, this was like right after Danny had uh, gone into the room, like, they show him riding his little little bike or whatever, which also was not in the book, goddammit. <laughs> yeah, he, did, he didn't ride a bike in the book. He goes up to the room, he stops, he hesitates, and then he's like, oh, the door's open, let's go on in, which the door was also not opened or unlocked. Danny got the key himself to open it. Another side note. <laughs> mm-hmm. Goes in, immediately cuts back, to like what happens next, uh, you and that was whenever uh, that's whenever Wendy walks in. Yeah, go go back to what we were trying to talk about. If I remember, Wendy goes to check on Jack. Jack is literally just on the ground, <gasps> going insane. <gasps> Whatever he the sound he is making. <laughs> <laughs> Doing king of the hill. Oh God. <laughs> hey Jack. <laughs> I don't know how to make a... Uh, Wendy walks in just like, yep. <laughs> she's just Peggy Hill. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, she goes to check up on him, and he's, like, off the walls, like, having a, the most ridiculous nightmare ever. And she asks about it. He's like, I had a dream, my nightmare... Sorry, nightmare, not dream. Jesus Christ. Mm. Uh, that he just killed all of you. Like, Wendy and... Uh, Danny, and then she's just like, "It's okay, it's okay." I'm... <laughs> first of all, I don't think that would have been my first response. <laughs> yeah, I would have been like, "What the hell?" She immediately okay, can like, you explain this dream. Like, we understand this is already a scary situation as is. Uh, you want to elaborate on that, bud? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of scared now. So that whole shtick happens, and then Danny goes and appears in the hallway a little bit afterwards, and he shows up with that, uh, the same, the neck bruises, bruises, which actually does happen, um, and then Wendy, with no context, the book actually has context as to why Wendy blames Jack for this, Wendy Mm -hmm. just blurts out, you did this! He was yeah. literally right there the entire time. <laughs> How could he have possibly done that? In the book, he actually had she actually had a legitimate reason for accusing him because he was in a sketchy place at the time that Danny had gone to go do that thing. Yeah, and oh, it, uh, yeah, people people are gonna be like, oh, but it, oh, but they mentioned him being an alcoholic at the beginning and. That's no, uh, uh-uh. they, they, yeah, they mentioned him being an alcoholic, and he broke his his son's arm before, but they they treat it as if it's not important, mm-hmm. which is just stupid because it. 
Yeah. Like I'm saying, the source <laughs> material. Like, immediately mm-hmm. blurts out, you did this, and Jack's just like, what the fuck, bro? <laughs> yeah. Like, okay, this is fine. Now I have a reason to be mad at you. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Jack's just looking stupid. Like, whoa? Whoa? It's like... Whoa? Whoa. No, yeah, he actually had a pretty hilarious response. I I forgot exactly what word he chose, but he's just literally staring at the camera and just going like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much what his response was. <laughs> like, after they left to get away from him and go to, back to the apartment, he's just like, okay. <laughs> sure. <laughs> That's uh. happening. And he just has, like, a grin on his face or whatever. I forgot. But, anyways, going back, circling That's... back to what we were trying to discuss. Because we just had to re-explain it to ourselves, really, to get back on track here. Uh, the third time she comes in is when she starts to get really scared. And he's just like, okay, Danny, you stay right here and watch your cartoons and be a good boy. By the way, while that whole scene was happening, all I could do is just laugh at the Mimi... Mimi, Mimi in the background. It's just Road like the runner. The, which, by the way, me and my roommate both found out because we didn't actually know this. Roadrunner had a theme song. I didn't know that either. <laughs> but it played in the background. So, but that's all I could just listen to. I didn't. Mm-hmm. Whatever Wendy was telling Danny to like comfort him or whatever was happening at the time, like none of that was relevant. I just like Mimi, Mimi. <laughs> Because it wasn't really engaging at all what she was trying to say. It was bare bones or whatever. But that's besides the point. The point is, this scene. <laughs> yeah. She goes but... with the bat, tries to attempt a lay murder. You don't actually know. She wasn't going to murder him. She was going to She was gonna well, tell in, him in that the... she was going, I am going to do this. And she thought the bat might help. That's fair. That's what she thought she was going to do, but then she started in, in the book, though, being she her actually, character. She actually does feel like she needs to kill him, or she has the inkling of wanting to do it more so. I, I would say... <laughs> I, I don't think I would say she wanted to. Because she actually tries to go down the kitchen to grab a knife. That's what she does. That's the, oh, that's later. That's later. That's in my favorite part. Yeah, no, like the scene we're describing now, it happens a little a little later in the actual story, and she grabs a knife instead of a damn bat. What are you going to do with a fucking bat? <laughs> yeah. It's like... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, man. I mean, bats can be pretty deadly but yeah. I don't think in the hands of that skinny skinny bones chick <laughs> nope she, uh, I, Miss, I Miss Wendy Skinny Bones is her new name I, I didn't I, I just felt I felt pity for her character I didn't really feel yeah super sad I mean I felt I felt bad and I felt pity that's pretty much what I felt but it's but, her character was just yeah it's just not there it's mm-hmm. just not there it's, it's really not we'll tell you time and again it's not but yeah uh, she goes tries to I guess what you were saying reason with him or whatever or like tell her that mm-hmm. she, they're both gonna leave or something like yeah. that and then Jack uh, she figures out he's going crazy excuse me 
Oh god, excuse me. Uh, Jack throws a hissy fit, and then he starts to try to back her into a corner, and I guess he has the intent to kill at that point. Yeah. That's... <laughs> that is my favorite part of the movie. I mean, that, I, that's I think... Fair. I, I think he... I think yeah. they both did... I think for their characters, that is the best thing that they could do with that movie. See, I'm not so sure because the way Wendy acted for all that, she, I don't know. She could have acted better. She could have had, no, I, I wouldn't say, and by better, I don't mean amplify what she's already doing. I don't oh, mean God, that. No. <laughs> I don't mean that because that's not what better is. <laughs> To nobody, apparently, people don't know the difference. <laughs> but that's besides the point. <laughs> yeah, it, better in this context means she could have showed more um, actual fear. Fear, what yes. What humans Act feel, not robots. And like maybe it obviously, if you watch the movie, didn't translate at all from screen to person. Otherwise, you would have definitely felt fear for that character too. You felt, you felt <laughs> fear from Jack. You didn't feel yeah. fear from for her. the character. Yeah. That's the you, point. You didn't feel her fear. She did not deliver that that part at all. No, you didn't feel <laughs> that she was in danger. You felt, no. holy shit, Jack is saying a lot of crazy shit. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't want to be in that situation. <laughs> But, but you're also kind of curious to figure out what she's going to do. And yeah. it just kind of pisses you off because she's not running or she's not fighting back. Mm -hmm. But my favorite part of that scene, besides the, the phenomenal acting on Nicholson's part... Which um, would have been... It would have been so good if Wendy was just... If she had if that she fight If she her. brought the same act, acting chops as he did in that moment yes but it was mainly one-sided but mm -hmm. yeah my, my one of my favorite parts of that moment is just her just swinging the bat around <laughs> it's like i don't know what to do with this stay back stay, stay back stay back it's like oh god <laughs> it's what you see in those c movie d movie horror flicks it's like yeah. this is how you defend yourself i'm like just sitting there like uh cringing <laughs> like is this really gonna ha be how you defend yourself mm -hmm. <laughs> but that's just my little comedic f funny moment that i that i had with that yeah she beats him over the head with that the bat scene. and locks him in the locks him in the pantry which mm -hmm. yeah no no we're, we're happens in the book moving on down the line so pretty much covered up till that point between those two characters the, what's the next thing that happened they lock him in the pantry and then I actually don't know what happens next with him um okay Jack did an amazing job acting in that scene he he was very I mean he pulled his job yeah, off being yeah, angry no, let, let's just talk about that for being a second angry he was very good at that job you you felt you, that you, when you see that performance, you you believe it, dear yeah. lord. That's and, just like one of, yeah. I think I kind of agree. That was probably like the best scene in the movie. <laughs> yeah, it was. It really it's, was. And 
I think that's the only thing that they could really do right in that movie was mm-hmm. that scene. I think that's one reason why they well, filmed it so many times because gee, he got, oh god yeah. Can you just imagine uh, what's her name? I guess Shelley really Duvall. Shelley Duvall just like constantly like <laughs> with the bed. She was probably she was probably so worn out from swinging it she just wore her muscles out. She probably gained muscles from the here Lord. Swole Duvall. <laughs> Swole Duvall. <laughs> Hashtag Spoldable. I don't even know. Is she alive right now? Yeah, she is. She's okay. Yeah, she's a great actor. Okay, actress. I've I've never heard of her until this movie. (laughs) Please, Spoldable. All right. (laughs) But yeah, um, speaking of good performances, there's another scene with Jack by himself that I want to get to later. That's also a really great scene. But uh, let's see. I'm tr- I'm drawing a blank though. What happens to them afterwards? Like Danny, she hits Jack over the head with a the bat. They fall. He he falls down. Yeah. She drags him, locks him in the pantry, and mm-hmm. that's whenever they have that whole little to do fight through the door. To do yeah I'm go- yeah. I'm gonna take Danny. I'm gonna take him to the doctor. Yeah and... yeah. And then. Uh, eventually, the ghosts, quote unquote, I guess I don't know if you yeah, want to call them the actual ghosts. They of, are they they are ghosts. Yeah, of Grady, he unlocks the pantry door for him. He gets out, and then comes the part where he tries to slaughter them. Yeah, with the axe. With the axe, they got the axe. They they got the axe. Yeah, they did. <laughs> Hashtag not sponsored. <laughs> that they were went, all smelling good after that. That was taken in three different contexts. <laughs> all in one sentence, by the way. <laughs> I just want the audience to know that. Yeah, no, like he he comes running for them. That he immediately goes to the apartment, tries to open the door. The door's locked, so he just keeps he's yelling for them. It's like. He doesn't actually say it, which I'm really disappointed in. He should have been saying over and over again, like, you need to take your medicine. Because that that was, like, one of his best quotes in the book. But no, he just spews off some... Come here, you little shit! Basic gibberish that you see in, like, every horror movie, I guess. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't know. I don't watch horror movies. But... Little pigs. Oh, yeah, he does the three little pigs spiel. Yeah, Uh, garbage. God, and then they're just fearing for their lives in the bath, the bathroom because they eventually lock themselves in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. And, and let me let me just say this, this whole scene in the books, it was it was intense. It was I. It was very intense in the book. It, reading it, holy shit! So I had no idea Wendy was actually going to live through that. Like book or a movie really but I wholeheartedly based on the context earlier in the book when Danny had an episode of that very same event like it showed her like her arm against the doorknob or whatever in the bathroom bathroom. bathroom. so I'm just like okay so she's gonna die later in that Mm -hmm. scene I figured it was coming but it actually didn't she actually escapes barely yeah only because of good old Halloran. Yes. <laughs> Which also bre- happens in this movie, too. 
however, in a different context. So, apparently, in the movie decided that there was a window for Danny to escape in in the bathroom. Because <laughs> in the book, Danny is not even in that situation, yep. first of all. So Danny's there. It's like, okay, how do we make Danny escape? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's throw a window in the bathroom, which isn't out of the ordinary, but it's just plot convenience at that point. Yeah. Deus Ex Machina. This is another one of the, the comedy moments that I found hilarious in this movie. I, I just, I just kind of died on the inside laughing at this moment. Like, Wendy opens the window for Danny to get out, and she's like, go, run. And all that whole that whole thing, and then she tries to get out, but the way she does it, she makes the window close more to like to the like she closes the base. yeah she closes the window more closer to the base so she can barely she can't even get through the window now. <laughs> she, I didn't see that part. No, I just found that hilarious. Like, oh god, <laughs> you just played yourself. <laughs> She's just like, okay, go, Daddy. Closes the window. It's like, how come I can't escape? Oh. Then she grabs the knife, and then we have the whole famous scene that everybody knows. Yeah. And it's it's so lame. Mm-hmm. Here's Johnny. Who the fuck is Johnny? Well, first off, you have to live in the 70s to know the reference, because it's from a TV show. Oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah, yeah. Fun fact. Fun fact. If you didn't know, it was from the seventies. It was a TV show, Ooh, excuse me. and Jack Nicholson thought it'd be cool to say that because that used to be the characters or the the um, the show host entrance. He would say, "Here's Johnny," mm. and it would okay. be a comedy show. Okay, that's yeah. That that line did not work at all. I hate to say it to those folks that think uh, that was like one of the classic scenes, you know. We're going to get so much hate for this. It's not. Really, anybody who thinks this is a classic movie, I personally believe, after seeing this, it's like, eh. <laughs> I, I think there's better classics out there. I think Friday the 13th is a better movie than this. Which I don't think I'll ever see. But... I probably believe you. <laughs> it, the acting is not that good. It's not that good for Friday the Thirteenth. But oh, uh, what what's her name? Betsy Palmer. Betsy Palmer plays the. I know I'm going on a tangent, but Betsy Palmer, she <laughs> plays the villain in the movie, and she just does a fucking great job. Every time she, every time I see the scene where she says, "Look what you did to him. Look what you did." Wait. It just gets to me. Hold up. Side note. Uh, I didn't know there was a female villain in the Friday the 13th. Yes. It, okay, in the first movie, it was <laughs> it was Jason Voorhees' mom. Because Jason hey. Voorhees... The story to Friday the 13th was Jason Voorhees during the 50s was not being watched <laughs> and he drowned. And the counselors were having sex during the time he drowned. And his mom worked at that camp and she got mad about it and she decided to kill all the counselors and they kept closing it down because nobody could figure out who was doing the killings they finally opened it up again in the 80s and 
then she came back and she started killing everybody. And it's the story. It's the story of her killing everybody. But you don't know who the killer is. You just start. You just see a mystery figure killing people. Huh. And at the very end, she she shows up to the final girl, and she is she basically tells you the whole story. And she's in she's sane during that part, and then she starts having the vision of seeing her son drown again. And she goes insane again, and she starts blaming the counselor in front of her, and says, "She's like, look what you did to him. Look what you fucking did." See that right there. This actually kind of relates to The Shining. That right there. There is a scene pretty much just like that early on in The Shining book that would have been really great for the movie. <laughs> I think. Do you know what I'm talking about? Is it the scene it's, where it's it's the scene where um, uh, Jack he it flashes back to Jack and uh, actually it might have been mid book. It flashes back to him at the Stovington school, where oh. he beats up that uh, debate kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it reminds me of that. See that that right there is probably what should have been there. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> it could it could have worked. <laughs> it could have absolutely. It could have done something with that. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't. Though. Fun fact: they didn't even really dive into Jack's backstory. Yeah. That, okay. Which is probably oh. one of the biggest things. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So there's there's a few more things I want to touch on. There's nothing really more to say about Wendy and Danny. So Jack, 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 Jack. Let's go to him. Besides that one scene in the hallway with the uh, the bat and everything, which brilliant scene. Just wish it was both ways. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. relationships goes both ways, man. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the other scene I really enjoyed was one that was pretty accurate to the book. It was almost off the page accurate because of the dialogue. It was pretty much off the page. It was that one where he goes to the ballroom and tr- yes. tries to get a drink. Yeah. And that, that whole side story where he actually talks to... The, that at this Boy. point he's insane enough to where the overlook actually talks starts talking to him and starts manipulating him into killing off his family yep. and doing what Grady did. And then and then like like he sits at the bar, talks to this guy Lloyd. Lloyd. Which honestly, I don't ever remember hearing his name until those scenes in the book either. Oh. I, was that like the first time he popped up? Or yeah, was... that was the first time he popped up. Okay. Because okay. in, in that scene, <laughs> he was in both the book and the movie. Cortland's correct. It's very. <laughs> the book and the movie are one in that scene. In they, that moment, yeah. Yes, they are one and the same. Like the extra crap with all like the ball patrons and whatnot, that wasn't there. Yeah. But for the most part, it was pretty spot on. The meat and potatoes was there. Yeah. And, like, he was talking to Lloyd, talking about uh, how he should, you know, correct his family. (laughs) And then he gets up to do whatever. I forget what he was doing. But he gets up, and then he runs into the waiter, and he spills everything all over his jacket. (laughs) Yeah, that was Grady. Yeah, that's Grady. Actually, I don't think that part happened in the book. It didn't. It didn't. No, it did. I think it did. did Yes, it did. It did happen in the book. I hadn't made it there Maybe. again in the in the new 
re-listening of the I don't book. think it went down that way. But I was half paying attention at that point in time. So, maybe. It but, did. It, it happened in the book. I remember. Yeah, that's that's so, how... So, like, he runs into Grady, the waiter, and then he spills things all over his jacket. And he's just like, oh, I'm sorry, sir. It doesn't really come off that easily. Here, let me help you out. And then he's like, okay, let's freshen up in the, the restroom, whatever. Mm-hmm. Let's get you situated. And then, over time, as they start having a conversation about different things, Jack's just, like, slowly realizing, like, hold up. You're supposed to be dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's Great. like you're you're the caretaker. You are the caretaker. Yeah. And he says that like five times. You are the caretaker, though. And he's just like, I I don't know what you mean, sir. <laughs> and then eventually he breaks down and gets right to the point. It's like, hey, you should uh murder these people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you need to correct them. <laughs> correct them. Some Bella Lugosi shit. I'm not sure actually who said correct them. It's either Grady or Lloyd. I it think. was Grady. Yeah, okay, so I made Lloyd a mistake. Was just, yeah, earlier. Lloyd was just the bartender. Yeah, I forgot what he was saying, but he was saying something similar. Regardless, um, yeah, he, he's just literally straight up in the bathroom with the dead guys, like, you should correct your family. <laughs> <laughs> Do it. Do it, Jack. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. <laughs> Steal him <laughs> after you killed him, of course, and then kill yourself. That's besides the point. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> well, no, actually, I think he did say something along the lines of, "Hey, you should kill yourself afterwards too." <laughs> I don't can't remember I don't exactly. Think he did. I don't think it he did. felt like he did. I could be mistaken, but <laughs> I think you may be mistaken. You should be corrected. Okay, your your son. <laughs> Did something. <laughs> That's another thing they glossed over. Like, he didn't actually have a reason to punish them, really. In the book, like, Jack was just like, hey, don't do this, this, and this. And then Danny goes and does this, this, and this. And Jack's just like, you need to be punished. And Grady and all of the Overlooks is just like, hey, yeah, they, they disobeyed you. Yeah. You should be punished. And take it way too far. <laughs> yeah. Like and that's even pointed out in the book. It's like, mm-hmm. I'll I'll point that out later. Yeah, we're not there yet. Um, but that that's that's one scene I wanted to touch on because I really enjoyed that scene. It, acting in there was pretty good too. Yeah, I'd say for sure. Then um, then we have the whole the whole bathroom scene, which. I mean, it was it worked. It was it was good. It was intense. Mm-hmm. I really like how Kubrick, whenever Jack swung the axe, he moved the camera with it. I oh, really I liked that. I it made that. it made the hits more intense. Mm. I did like that. Yeah. Also, side note: uh, whenever Wendy stabbed his hand, she used a razor blade, not a knife. I don't know where she got the knife from. Oh, it was from the. I wasn't really paying attention on what when, it was. was when it, did, did she grab it in the movie? Maybe. I know she grabbed oh, it. It made no, no, sense no, no, when no, no, she no. grabbed it. Okay, though. hang on. I remember now. She grabbed it after... She grabbed it from the kitchen after she put Jack in the pantry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, side note. Uh, she just went to the bathroom and there have to be razor blade, a box of razor blades. She just used that to keep cutting his hand. And she, I, don't, I don't think she used it. Did she? The razor blade? Yeah, did she? No, yeah, she did. Uh, in the bathroom, once he did the whole like he did with the 
yeah, the main, the main the door. door. He did the same thing with the bathroom door, but then he tried to poke his hand in and turn the knob, but she stabbed him with the razor blade twice because he, yeah, yeah, he did it twice. Yeah, I remember now. Yeah, and then this the bike with Halloran mm-hmm. shows up. Same thing happens in the movie, but different setting. Like, you do hear the snowmobile or whatever come through. But another thing that doesn't happen that I really was irritated by is the whole final act of the film revolved around this hedge maze, which, by the way, was never there. In place of that, there was a children's playground and a bunch of hedge animals. (laughs) Yeah. And those hedge animals were actually very uh, crucial to some of the story beats in in the book. So we'll get to that here in a couple minutes. But the final act is like they they just go through the maze. Uh, they're running away from Jack, and eventually, Jack just kind of dies in the maze, <laughs> which is, he gets lost in it. God, it's so dumb. And, and they want to talk about King not being able to write endings. Yeah, the overlook doesn't burn down. The boiler is irrelevant. Does never only mentioned like once the the stupid job description thing that never happened they escaped both Wendy and Danny without Halloran Halloran was actually the one who helped them escape mm-hmm. he was the only reason they were able to escape mm-hmm. uh, the hedge animals they eventually would come to life at some point during the story and all three of Jack, Danny and Wendy would come to realize that they're real Danny obviously did it first he, he understood that they were alive yep uh, but the hedge animals were guarding the overlook from outsiders because they knew that there was an influence from the outside yep. coming in to help. So before he could even get to the steps of the hotel, they would attack him. One of the lions did to try to stop him. He eventually gets away from them and yada, yada, yada. But <laughs> I do find it funny. I never actually knew this. The uh, When the aftermath, like the next morning or whatever, for the the movie ending it shows him just frozen in the snow i didn't realize that's where that meme came from you didn't (laughs) no (laughs) so now i know the context of that meme (laughs) that's pretty funny all right so yeah the movie sucks so i need to know movie is fucking terrible all right so now we're gonna talk about the good old juicy Novel. Novel. I almost said book. Alright, hang on. I need to... I should have prepared for this. I need to figure out how many pages there are. We have the paperback version. Yeah, it's right here. I don't know if you can hear me rattling the pages. All 659 glorious pages. It's a really good read. If you haven't, you can listen to Audible's audiobook or... Buy them like Amazon or something. Hashtag not sponsored. <laughs> For real. <laughs> I don't know why I'm acting like we are sponsored in a podcast, but here we are. I mean, you can't. I mean, you get services. You yeah. get you things. Look, thing, like, things exist for you to read this now. Read the damn book. Yeah, read the fucking book. <laughs> just piece of shit. Just fucking do it. <laughs> All right. Read a book. Book, 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 or listen. Either way. Yes. Either one is fine. So, where do we want to begin with this masterpiece? <laughs> Let's start at the beginning. Okay. In the beginning. <laughs> there was the one 
Avatar, the last Avatar. <laughs> then the Fire Nation attacked. <laughs> the Fire Nation attacked. Yeah, so the book starts very slow. You don't really get to the Overlook until about maybe like half, maybe a quarter of the way through the story. Mm, I, I wouldn't even say that. It's it's You get to the Overlook in the first chapter, for sure. Well, I mean, for the... Yeah, like the part you see at the beginning of the movie is what you see towards the beginning, but you don't actually come back to it until later because there is a lot of build-up and backstory yeah. for the family. And which is crucial to the story, by the way, mm-hmm. because he's fleshing what he's doing with this book. It, imagine, imagine in your head seeing a blank piece of paper. If you, if you're like, if you're like Cortland's roommate, and don't and you're not able to see the thing in your head, put a piece of paper in front of you and imagine or draw something, draw a stick figure or something. That is what King is doing with this book. He's putting these images in your head and he's drawing them out with more detail. It's really good. Either way, yes. It was a great book. He's fleshing out these characters. He's drawing them out for you with more detail, greater detail. That's why this book is such a slow burn. Yeah, it builds up and builds up and builds up, gives you actual suspense on what, like, for everything that's happening. It's like, it's like, what's happening next? What's going to happen next? Oh, God! Yeah, and it's full of suspense, and the characters, you feel their emotions. You understand why they're going through these things, and whenever you get to the climax of the book... You're like, holy shit, why? Please stop. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, but yeah, let's let's see. Let's pick out a scene here to talk about. Where do where? Do... Okay, hang well, on. If we're gonna do since, the... since we since the movie doesn't have this context, let's start with the uh, Jack's backstory. Yes, Jack's backstory. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, he. He he was a school teacher. It's mentioned in the movie. Mm-hmm. In the book, it plays more of a more of a prominent role. Yeah, he because... was a school teacher. He has a drinking issue. Mm-hmm. He's he was an alcoholic. He he um, would always go to parties with his best friend Al Sharp Sharkley. Shockley. Shockley. Al Shockley. Yeah. I always want to call him Al Sharkley. Yeah. He's 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 also a character that doesn't even appear in the movie who's also pretty relevant to Jack's story like he has a strong influence with him with his story and whatnot uh yeah he's an abusive father well his he, dad was an abusive father oh yeah he his, was an alcoholic his dad he, yeah his, his dad was an ab- which is why what made him the way he is it runs in the family and it runs in the family and um yeah he's a school teacher and what happened was like before they even moved to Colorado they were living in Vermont they had a decent life he had a decent job he mm-hmm. was he was paid well uh he also like in his off time he wrote plays that's what he was wanting to do he, mm-hmm. that's what he was wanting to have as his main source of income he wanted to be a writer 
he thought maybe if he he was able to sell some of his writings for mm-hmm. a good chunk of change. Yeah, he, like he, he made short stories on the side and he actually got to sell those and make profit off of them. Mm-hmm. But he wasn't good enough to make mm-hmm. the income that he wanted to have. And yeah. It was always, they, him, he, his wife and kid were always in um, bit very, of a bind. Yeah, they were always in a bind. Like That's he, why they're car is in such bad shape it always needed oh, a fuel pump yeah like the whole it barely is touched on in the movie like he writes this play that he's been wanting to do for his whole life that's kind of like what he wants his big break to be essentially mm-hmm. and he wants it to be turned into something more and profit off of that make a living off of that but the, uh one of his students i can't remember his name uh hang on did yeah. i write it down did i no i don't think i did it's it's in the book. Let's, his let's name take a is... look see. Yeah, well you're looking up his name. Uh basically like one day he was discussing like some debate class or whatever with him yeah. and he was like, "Hey, you should try out for the debate team and whatnot." And like most of this story actually doesn't get fleshed out more later, but I'm just explaining it now. Uh George. George? Yeah, his oh, name is George. Oh, George like Hartman or something. Yeah. Hartfield. Yeah, Hatfield. George Hat- Hatfield. Close enough. George Hatfield. Like, he was trying out for the... This is, like, where uh, Jack's first episode comes up. His mental breakdown episodes. Like, he gets him on the debate team, tries him out. He's he's a good kid. Was really good at, the, at debating. Debating. But one day, I think, like, he just started... I think this is how they went. Like, he started stuttering. Whenever he would In, get... Whenever, Whenever the uh, the opponent would have a really good point, or yeah. he would get mm-hmm. a little excited in the in the debate, he would start to stutter, and yeah, he would drown out the clock. And and yeah, over time it got worse and worse. And Jack's just like, "Hey, man, I if I, you're a good kid, but you're not really improving on this, and like we need to cut you, man." And he's just like, "I." Because you're stuttering, it's like I don't stutter. <laughs> yeah, he was. <laughs> Which, by the way, comes up a lot in throughout Jack's dialogue in the story. Um, but he's just like I don't stutter, and then it's like they go into a whole sh- argument spiel and whatnot, and then over time, as the that goes on, he's just Jack's just losing. He's like, okay, God, God, kid, why? <laughs> and then he loses it, and then later. <laughs> Well, he keeps this cool at first, but then George, he gets really upset about all this. Like, he's just destroyed mentally. That's he, what he, he wanted to do. He, that was his thing. Mm-hmm. Like, this was his life. He wanted this to become, like, his thing. Yeah, but all this leads up to George just, like, it's like, I'm done. I had it. So, like, the next day, I think is what it was. Yep. He... Jack is like on his way out the door for school for the day and he sees that kid George in the parking lot next to his car he's literally just uh, knifing away at his tires making them flat and that's when Jack loses it he's like oh okay that that was like from what we know from what I remember anyway his first instance of uh, that abuse (laughs) 
Uh, the first one was his son's arm. Oh, yeah, that happened but, first, I guess. Yeah, yeah his second that, instance. This was his second. And um, but he's always had a, he's always had the anger issues. Mm-hmm. He's always had the drunk issues. His marriage was failing because of this. Mm-hmm. And, and this really kind of hit the nail on the head for Wendy in particular. It's just like, okay, think think divorce is necessary. Yeah, she, yeah. She was very. <laughs> she was going in the book. She was going to bring it up one day, and mm-hmm. and her husband Jack thought it was. She. They were both on the same page thinking of divorce. Yeah, and, and he convinced her to wait one week, and if mm-hmm. she decided to go, if she decided to still talk, then the, that they would. Yeah, and then eventually, they don't do it. Yeah, they decided not to do it. Went, and they eventually calm down, and like things are okay, stable-ish. It seemed like Jack. He may have lost his job, but he was, at the same time, he was sober. He, yeah, he quit. He. He started trying to do better. His mannerisms from being drunk had went away. Stuff like rubbing his lips, um, mm-hmm. chewing, etc., to get rid of his he- uh, hangovers. Yep. yep, yep. Stuff like that. His mannerisms were going away. His anger issues were going away, sort of. At least they were getting better. Yeah. And but foreshadowing is foreshadowing. Yep. <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> Things eventually come full circle. And but yeah, that's it's like the beginning of how things things really started. And it was his friend, Al Shockley. He owns the hotel or he's on the board of directors for the hotel if I remember correctly. He mm-hmm, has mm-hmm. he yeah, has a very correct. large stakehold uh, stock. He owns a very large large part yeah. of stock in the hotel. Mm-hmm. He, he was the one who got Jack the job there. Yeah, he's just like I'm gonna help you out, friend, because you're my friend. Need to need to do something for you. Mm-hmm. So you got gets him the job, the Overlook. Jack, he got the job, but like while all that's happening, uh, he's getting the job, the Overlook. Like all that's been set up now, he's he's going to the Overlook. While that's happening. You actually get to dive in into and get introduced and like this is who Danny is mm-hmm. and what his his st- stick is. It's mentioned from the get go that Danny is able to read minds. He's right able to mm-hmm. um, see where things are. He's able to. Danny shows him things pretty much. His dad yeah. loses something. Tony shows him where it's at, and Danny can tell them, oh, it's over yeah. here. And his parents know it's strange. They know something's off with mm-hmm. Danny, but it's it's just something that's what Danny is. That's He has this power, and it's strange to his parents. It's strange to Danny. But we yeah. know this from the first page. It's not like... Mm-hmm. It's not like we have to be introduced to it later on in the book. It's It's something to be expected in the book yeah like you get to like really dive deep into like who wendy is at this point who danny is you get to know more about them way more than you get to know about yes like literally anything about them like just (laughs) just how fragile 
uh, Jack and and mm-hmm. uh, Wendy's marriage actually is. Yeah, and it's you, hanging on by threads. You also get to see that Danny actually knows a lot about this. He knows like pretty much everything they're thinking. He's just not able to, to <laughs> Unders- put in words. Really understand it either. Like for a five year old, he's pretty smart. <laughs> yeah. To be quite honest, you don't get to see that in the movie, but he's pretty smart. Uh, like he he just doesn't really fully comprehend everything around him. But he sees everything. <laughs> yeah. Wendy Wendy is a very um uh, I don't want to sound cliche or anything, but I, I always think it's cheesy whenever you say it, but she's a very strong lady. She Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, especially for all the shit that happens later on in the book, she can Oh definitely she handles it very well. Mm-hmm. She's able to really step up and take not 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 exactly control of the situation, but she's able. She's not completely powerless. Mm-hmm. She's able to fight back in some sort of manner. Yeah, with, which you don't see in the movie. <laughs> in the movie, she's some completely helpless bitch. Just complains <laughs> all the time. But in the in the book, she's a very loving motherly figure to Danny. She yeah. loves him to death. She would she would do anything for him. Yeah, she was just a very motherly, loving figure for Danny. Well anyways, but yeah, the the whole gist of it is like you just get to feel more for each of these characters as they progress through the story and whatnot. Yeah, Wendy's just but... re- Wendy's really jealous of <coughs> of Danny being a daddy's boy because she she loves him so much. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what King really did well with fleshing out in the book was the ties were were frayed between Jack and Wendy, but the love was still there for their son. So their marriage wasn't working out much at all and it was holding together by strings and wishful thinking and promises that haven't been broken yet but it was going to fail either way unfortunately yeah yeah and it just and and um jack what king did whenever he was writing this he really fleshed out how jack was so stressed with everything and he wanted everything to work out but of course at every corner there's like a new problem he gets worse and worse over time and and he just eventually will lose control and just completely give himself to the the hotel yeah (laughs) there was a good scene in the book which described it very well it was the scene with the uh the hornet's nest oh yeah yeah that i was going to mention that at some point that that's a really good scene yeah, because with uh, the book, he he mentions how how he was he's just a guy that was that was dealt a bad hand, mm-hmm. and he's been trying to do things with what he's been given, and yeah. it's nothing has been working out. It's always his fault, but even though he's always done the right thing, it's always been his fault. He's it's things were never he never did things. Things were done to him. Mm-hmm. It was, it was George Hatfield that stabbed his tires, but he got punished for it. 
it yeah. was it was things like that it was um Danny well, like messing with his papers when he was younger and then he's gets really upset breaks his arm and he was trying to turn him around to spank his son yeah whether you agree with it or not is is irrelevant that he was going to spank his son and it, it he was in his drunk state and he turned yeah, him around too yeah, hard he, and he, he broke was his, also very drunk that he broke his arm in the process yeah. it it may it may have been accident but it happened and it happened to him that's how jack sees it and then later on he really starts to to lose it whenever Danny starts like disobeying him. He's just like, "Yeah, I'm gonna. Go, I'm really curious now. I want to know what's in room two seventeen. So let's go grab the key, and maybe enter it. <laughs> Daddy won't find out, right? <laughs> oh, oh, he found out. That scene wasn't as scary as I thought it would be either in the book. Mm. I no. I thought reading the book it would be scarier, but it wasn't. It was just a little creepy. See, that's one thing I didn't like about the book. It's not necessarily as advertised. Like, there's not a whole lot of, like, real horrific... I mean, yes, of course, there are horrific scenes in the movie. Just and not it's... in the context that was probably described to you. Yeah, it... It's more or less. I think the I think the book, the novel, is it's more or less just a really good thriller. It's a thriller. Now, whenever it came out, it may have been a may have been a horror horror story, yeah. horror novel. It may have been. It probably still is, but like there's nothing I think it's more, more of a thriller. It's I may just really... be desensitized to scary stuff. That's also very fair. Uh, really, the horrible, the horrific thing is really just like the. I guess you could compare it to Joker's men mental, like slow descent into madness as well. Oh, the you're talking about Joker the movie. No, 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 just, just like the out? character in general, like comparatively. Oh, okay. Yes. That sort of horrifying. Uh, story and whatnot. That that's what probably would be considered horror yeah in in this case is what I'm going for here um Jack was a very loving father father it's just things did not work out for him yep things never worked out for him he tried writing his his <clears throat> stories they would barely get picked up on the radar they barely get any kind of scrap change he worked his main job teaching he got fired from it he's an alcoholic but he's been trying to work on it. His wife keeps seeing, or keeps, he keeps seeing his wife flare her nostrils every time she comes. He comes home, mm -hmm. yeah, just to see if she smells alcohol. That that's one of the biggest things and, too. Like she's always paranoid. Yes, hoping that what Danny calls the bad stuff never happens again. Yeah, yeah it's it's very dysfunctional. There's no trust in the, their relationship. Mm -hmm. And Danny's just along for the ride. It's like I'm just trying to figure out what the hell this thing is, <laughs> is in my head. <laughs> All right. Yeah. It, oh, yeah. And Tony, Tony. By the way, in the book, Tony was yes. a 
uh, we're spoiling everything anyway. Tony was what it was an older version of of himself. Yeah. So Danny's name, his middle name is Anthony. So what actually happens is you find out that Tony is actually just him all along. But yes, as you said, he is older. Yeah, he's an older version of himself, and he's showing things to Danny, so that way he could possibly understand it. And he's he's got the gift of foresight, so he can yeah. see things and before they happen. Mm-hmm. And um, it's not some kid that lives in this fucking throat. Yeah, it's, it's so stupid. Come Shame back later it. and leave a message, Mrs. Torrance. <laughs> <laughs> Danny can't come to the phone right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. God. There's so much, so much with this book that we can discuss all day. Yes. But let's kind of quickly, before I wrap this up, kind of dive into what's different. We should probably at least, like, touch on the highlights, like, what's actually important to the story. Like, Halloran, for instance. We can go yeah, back to Halloran. Halloran, <laughs> his character is more fleshed out in the book. He talks about smelling oranges every time he's about to hear or see or know something happened. With The Shining. Yeah, The Shining makes him smell oranges. Yeah, which I don't know if that's universal for everybody, but at the very least it's for him. Yeah. And, um, yeah, he's, he's more fleshed out. So whenever he's talking with Danny and Wendy at the... At the hotel, yeah. When he first gets introduced, he is he has character. He's got yeah. He's got a uh, I don't know how to put it. He's got a uh, fever of a hundred and three. He's got the COVID. He's got oh, <laughs> he's got the COVID. I mean, you could say The Shining is the COVID. I don't know. Shit. That would be actually a good COVID. Ish. What is I don't know. I don't know. Either way, he's got he he's got a way of speaking that gives him that gives him personality. Yeah. He's he's not just it Mm -hmm. it doesn't feel like you're reading just another character. It feels like a whole separate entity character. He's that I guess that's why Cortland likes him so much because he he stands out. He's got yeah. a he's got a whole new personality he's, versus all the other people. Like also, he's just really a nice guy. <laughs> yeah, he's a genuine nice guy, and he he does come across as creepy at first. But yeah. I guess I guess a lot of nice people, like genuine nice people, do because we're also <laughs> fucking paranoid of everybody. Oh, but it, I've had a lot. But of still, at the same time, at at the same time. In, inviting a five-year-old kid you just knew or just just yeah to go about. go take your luggage to his car then ask you to like sit in your car for a few moments while your parents finish up with whatever they're doing what whatever it's still it, it's it's a little sus it's it's, a little it's, it's, it's mighty sus <laughs> little suspect emergency meeting <laughs> But, but yeah, no, like it, 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 it turns out to be nothing. Mm-hmm. Wendy had the same suspicions. It turned out to be nothing. Yeah, like that whole entire time, Halloran was trying to explain to Danny like what the shining actually was, so he could better understand it. 
because nobody has ever told him about any of this stuff before until that moment. So, like, now he has context. Now he knows what, or mostly understands what's actually going on. Yeah. <laughs> and then every five seconds he's like, are you sure you don't want to go to Florida with me? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's really nice. Clearwater's really nice. Beaches are nice. You got the oranges. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's... And he talks about his cooking or whatever, I think. Having crab. And then he talked about, which also was a line of dialogue in the movie, he talked about how him and his grandmother, or his mother, I forget which one, I think it was his grandmother, that like they could have whole conversations in their head without even speaking. <laughs> or however, yep. he stalks. He stalks. He talks. <laughs> yeah. I, I can speak today. Okay. The blonde can speak. All right. Um, what yeah. else? What else? We could talk about this all day long, of course, but we don't have that kind of time. But I did it. I found this post I made last year. Oh, is that what you're doing? Okay. Yes. Okay. Last year, I made. I did this exact thing. I made a post about the differences between the book and the movie. Oh, okay. And uh, how long is this post? Oh, I, it's just, <laughs> oh. Ooh, yeah. I'll that's, just read the whole thing. That's like a pot. Wait, don't read the whole damn thing. No, I'll just say, I'll just say the movie laid out hints and clues as to what was happening when, and some of them like, you could only pick up if you read the book. There's a scene where Jack is at the top right in the book. There's a scene where Jack's at with the newspaper clippings. The regular viewer never would know that a book. Okay, yeah, I forgot about that part. Okay, spoilers. The famous typewriter scene, all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy, that never happened. Jack uses a roque mallet, a roke mallet, not an axe. There was no hedge maze, there were hedge yeah. animals that attacked mm. both Jack and Danny at different times. Stuart Ullman was an officious, cheap prick, not a nice guy. Jack actually oh oh yeah, I wanna I wanna get to that later. The the uh, the part where the climax of the book. Oh yeah. Yes. That'll be like our climax of this podcast. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll we'll get to that one later. That was a that was a good part. Um, the hotel exploded. It was it almost had Halloran kill Wendy and Danny at the very end. Oh yeah. Yes. That was also a good moment. Danny went into self hypnosis when he had premonitions. Tony looked like an older version of Danny and didn't live in Danny's mouth. He showed up in the furthest of Danny's <laughs> vision. Your imaginary friends don't show up in the people's mouths, kids. Just, just want you to be aware of this. <laughs> so yes, that's what I was doing on my phone. Okay. But yeah, yeah. Alright. Well, we unfortunately don't have a whole lot of time. So, we're going to wrap this up by talking about the climax of the movie. And How the different it was. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> Okay, so um, she goes to try to talk to Jack, and it was in my. It, it, this chapter starts out perfectly because she could hear Jack going crazy in the ballroom. She could hear him singing, dancing, having full-on conversations with people, but it was all one-sided. She would always hear his responses, him yeah, talking yeah, yeah, yeah. to some other people. He, he, she could hear him getting drunk. He started screaming and yelling, 
And then it gets quiet, and she goes down the next morning. She goes down to talk to him, and he is passed out drunk. And there's no alcohol in the hotel at all. So mm-hmm. he got drunk on ghost booze. That was the creepy part. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. He got drunk on ghost booze. And, and yeah, uh, like right before that, that whole ballroom scene happened, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. And then that, that leads up to that. And so then... Uh, she, he, she tries to help him up and mm-hmm. tries to help him. And she wasn't, she was upset that she was drunk, but she didn't even know. She was more confused at how he even got it than the fact that he was drunk. Mm-hmm. And, and she wasn't even concerned about that at the, at the point. She was concerned about whether he was okay or not. And she, he gets up and he just tries to choke her out. He beats her up and hits her. Yeah. And, and it is intense. And then Danny comes down and, he sees the fight happening from the from the the stairs, I believe. It, it happened, he like saw, that. Yeah, he saw the situation happening, and he goes to try to help, and she he almost kills Wendy in that scene right there. She was at the verge of dying, and yeah, and um, Danny comes in to save her at the right time, and then she hits him over the head with something makes him pass out and then she that's whenever she locks him into the pantry mm-hmm. and she yeah that still happens yeah she got then, him, she got the knife um her and Danny went back up to the the room what was it that the the conversation with Grady still happened and yeah, yeah. but regardless like either she, way she, she got a knife she comes back down to see to make breakfast yeah, Later. to quote unquote make breakfast. She, yeah, no, that's when she that's grabs what, the knife. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's when she grabs the knife. She's like, "Hey, uh, Danny, I'm gonna go make some omelets and yeah. get some breakfast, and I'm secretly gonna try to kill your dad." By the way, <laughs> <laughs> and it, oh lord, that that was and, intense. Yeah, it was. And mm. then that's when the whole bathroom thing happened. He he uh, was out of the room out of the pantry at that point while she was making breakfast but she didn't know yeah and she didn't know where he was she was paranoid the entire time she mm-hmm. was silently making breakfast yeah she didn't know where he was and she was very much like going around every corner like okay he's not here he's not here mm-hmm. let's just keep then, going <laughs> and then she makes breakfast they I can't remember how it started but they got in the fight Mm-hmm. And he has the rope mallet, and yeah. he is beating her all the way up the stairs and mm-hmm. down the hallway to the room. Yeah, that that whole that whole thing was actually really intense. It's like she's just crawling for her life out of that situation. Her ribs are broken at some point. Yes, her shoulders are probably dislocated or something. I can't remember what happened to them. She's bleeding out. <laughs> yes, it, it's trying to get to the to the room. She finds out Denny's not even in that room, mm-hmm. so she's by herself, and that whole shtick happens. Yeah, she <laughs> he she locks the door. She locks the bathroom door. He breaks down both doors, and the only thing that saved her was Halloran's uh, sound of like the snowmobile. Yep, and I I actually just got to the last thing that Danny saw 
what in his visions actually he uh, I, I was reminded by this if it was his last vision it's whenever he realized red rum was murder oh yeah he was looking he was looking at a clock face and the clock face disappeared and he fell into it. oh yeah he fell into that void thing yeah he fell then... into a void and uh, that's yes, whatever he he yes, said. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, he was at the end of the hallway and saw mm-hmm. uh, Halloran behind his the figure, which was his dad. And yeah. Halloran was like, "Oh well, I gotta run. I gotta go." And he got disappeared. So it implied that <laughs> if Halloran wasn't there, then he would die. Mm-hmm. But he got to Halloran in time. So yeah. And Halloran did show up. He had a little beating with the hedge lines. Yeah. <laughs> he by the time he got there, he was so beat up, couldn't could barely stand. And then Jack's just like, didn't he hit him one time with the mallet? I think it was like twice. He hit him twice. Once in like the stomach area or something, and then the second time in the cheek. Yeah, dislocated his jaw. Half his teeth out or whatever. Yeah. So he's down for the count. He could barely defend himself. But he's not dead. <laughs> yeah, he, was, he wasn't dead. Wendy finds him later, after the whole fiasco, sees him. It's like, he finally wakes up, then they go try to find Danny. Mm-hmm. And then, what was the next thing? Oh, in the meantime, Danny was was trying to, like, Tony had sent him, like, one final uh, conversation. Or, like, he had one final conversation with Tony. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I'm trying to, yeah, he was trying to basically say, like, remember the thing your, your dad forgot. Yes, yes. And then he, he thought, oh, like the attic. So let's go up to the attic. And then Jack finds him. He's like, now you're going to take your medicine, pup. <laughs> and I thought that was so cheesy. So cheesy. Yes. Yeah. You, you rotting cur. You, you, you pup. You. Yeah. But it turns out the attic was locked because Jack knew he was going to disobey him one one of these days. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, well, now you can't go to the attic. So, miraculously, he gets out of there. And then he remembers, like, oh, the boiler. Yeah. <laughs> and then that, that, the boiler, like, over time, this, this is the moment that it builds to. Like, yep. that very same night, or the night before, not the very same night, the night before this whole event occurs... He forgets to do anything with it, mm-hmm. but then he tries to fix it. It doesn't doesn't really work. And then he goes off, does everything that happened later, and so like he's just like, oh god, sudden realization. Yep, I and I fucked up. <laughs> but the thing was, the thing was, is that um, Jack wasn't Jack at that point. It was the hotel. It was yeah. the hotel, and Danny knew this very much. So it, he, Danny knew it wasn't his dad, so he knew he was fighting this thing, and it was pretty terrifying. Whenever, uh, mm-hmm. whenever Jack made it down the end of the hallway, and he was having this face-to-face conversation with Danny, and yeah, it was, and then he has one final moment where it's just like, "Run, Danny, I'm back. Run." Yeah. <laughs> And while he was while Jack was still the hotel form, he he ended up beating his own face with the mallet mm-hmm. until until he was just a bloody broken yeah. mess. And then that 
eventually Danny got away. And then that led to, like, him... Rem- rem- yeah, he remembered the boiler. He, was, he finally runs into uh, Wendy and Heller, and they're just like, let's get the hell out of here. Yep. <laughs> this place is about to blow, by the way. <laughs> so they go try to uh, get the snowmobile. The hotel explodes as they're leaving. Mm-hmm. He's just dead on that, on that floor mm-hmm. of the attic. Everything goes up in flames, and they escape. Yep. In scene. <laughs> no. Uh, but yeah, that's that's per- And then it ends with a little epilogue, a happy ending-ish, I guess you could say. Yeah, that They're was still scarred for life. It was like nine months later. Yeah. They, they're in, uh, where are they at? I forgot what state. They're in Florida. They're somewhere. They're somewhere with a beach. They're somewhere with a beach. Or a lake. That's all I remember. But Halloran is watching over them for a bit, making sure they're right before they go into their new life in whatever state it was. Yeah, I forgot what state it was, but then they... They're just like, yeah, we're just gonna start a new life, and that—that's—that's that's the end of the book. <laughs> the end. Overall, it's such a great read. Yes. I'd recommend it. Don't. I mean, if you really want to nit, to have like a nitpick night or laughs, and just have a good time, watch The Shining. Yes. Probably drunk. I guess. That's I the only way to watch it. <laughs> We do not encourage underage drinking on this new podcast of ours, but uh, if you're an adult, go for it. Yes. <laughs> Modestly. <laughs> Just get plastered. Get and plastered. Get plastered and then screams out in fear when the bathtub scene happens. <laughs> <laughs> get plastered. Do what Jack does. Do what Jack does. Don't do that. Don't. Don't. Do that. That's awful. All right. But, uh... Hopefully you guys enjoyed this podcast of ours. We greatly appreciate any feedback you might give us. Um, we don't really have a schedule right now because we're just this is an experimental podcast. Experimental. We're trying to figure things out, see if we want to actually continue doing this or not for a while. But we're gonna try to at least do maybe like a podcast a month is what I. I personally want to try to aim for. I don't know about you, Sir Sir Joshua. <laughs> I'm down with that. We have to do a hell of a lot of reading, though. Yeah, we do. Which makes... Hell of a lot. More reading makes you smarter. That is true. That's that is what true. they say. Always read a book. Don't be like these... Don't be like these basic bitches that don't read. That's not cool. That is not cool. Actually, be a good person and read a book. Except the problem is he's a basic bitch. Don't tell them that. Well, the secret Shit. I mean, God, I'm so basic. Okay. Well, on that note, I think we're done and out of here. Cue the outro music that we don't have yet. Do 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 Da 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 da